Hey, what's up, podcast? It's Jeff. Just want to jump in here. This is a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk. This is actually going to be a the audio uh, recording from a Facebook Live that our team is doing every single day, Monday through Friday um, at 8 a.m. Eastern Time in our Facebook private group. You can get in that group at teachbettergroup.com or uh, go on to Facebook and just search Teach Better Team. You'll see our page and then you'll see the group get in there. So here we go, a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk pulled from one of our Facebook Live videos in our private group at teachbettergroup.com. Hope you enjoy. Teach Better team, my name is Ray Heward. I'm with Becky Thal, and we are two members of the Teach Better team. Excited to hang out this morning. Morning for our daily drop-in happening every single morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 7 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Eastern. Becky, how are you? I miss your face. <laughs> I miss you too. This is my first official daily drop-in um, because I didn't try to get my own feet on the ground. <laughs> well, you were on kind of that batch of teachers who kind of kicked off remote learning very quickly. So obviously these aren't required from our team. Like people can pop in as they want, but I kind of messaged you last week. I'm like, Becky, I miss you. Will you come on a day where you drop it? Yes. And I was like, yes, I could finally see the light of day. So yeah. I would love to. And you have a lot of insight to share because you've literally been in the trenches for two weeks. And while I don't want to put you on the spot for this entire drop-in, this really is a blessing because you are in that batch of educators who really has been dabbling with some things, have found some hurdles. And while I all think everybody listening has their own little divots in the road and also has found solutions that probably works really well with their community, but may not work with all communities, I would love for you to share everything and anything today because it might help somebody out. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we, we just started week three, but in some respects, it feels like we've started month three. I know. Right. Really, uh, I know with this scenario, but I, I know it's you know I keep track of a lot of what a lot of different teachers are doing around the country, and I know that you know yourself included, you're kind of just starting to connect with the students, um, and uh, it's yeah, it's it's uh, I am still kind of adjusting as I'm going along, and I think that's the main thing is you have to show yourself patience uh, and grace, particularly the first couple of weeks because. Um, it is, you go through a roller coaster of emotions just in one day, you know? Yeah, I can only imagine. And I do want to get into all of that uh, as we get started here and people continue to just kind of pop in as we are early in our live together. I do want to remind everybody that if you're listening, I'm sorry, on the Teach Better Talk podcast or watching this on YouTube, you can come be a live participant in our private group at teachbettergroup.com. You can ask questions, you can participate. Can I go through all these pieces? We are streaming through Be Live right now, which you can see with like this border we have and the cute little logo up in the corner. And because of that, we can't see um, who's posting unless you put your name at the bottom of your comment. So please try and practice that so we can talk directly to you because we do love saying hello to all of our, you know, kind of regulars in our daily drop-in, but also the newbies that continue to come in every single morning. So Becky, if we have a ton of newbies in our group who may not know not only your role, your role in the Teach Better team, but also your role as an educator, would you mind kind of giving us a quick little bio? Who is 
who is the fabulous Becky from New Jersey? Well, these days I'm not sure anymore. No, no, no. I'm a fifth grade math and science teacher from New Jersey. Uh, I live uh, near the coast. So that's been nice because I've been able to kind of go over to the beach and just, you know, check some things out. And, uh, that's been that's been helpful for kind of some mindfulness. Uh, but I, yeah, I connected with the Teach Better team last summer mm-hmm. and I do a lot of things with social media related to social media and data analysis. Mm-hmm. And I was at the Teach Better 19 conference, which was phenomenal. And that's where I got to meet a lot of you in person in the flesh and yeah. And I'm already, you know, everybody is like kind of looking forward to getting back to normal and, and of course teach better 20 and be awesome. Well, good. Yeah. No, I think that it's been such a blessing that you connected with us last summer because you not only have provided so much insight just as an amazing educator, but also you continue to support a lot of different areas, whether it be, Twitter during Mastery Chat, our Facebook group, you do a ton of kind of analyzing what our network needs so we can make sure that we serve them the best way possible. And so you are just so wonderful. I love that we've, you know, been connected for almost a full year, almost. Thank you. So yeah. we're getting to our anniversary, Becky. It's a big deal. <laughs> we are. You have to send me flowers. No, I'm just <laughs> oh, I do. I will send you a large bouquet of flowers. It'll be beautiful. So when we um, kind of went into this remote learning coronavirus COVID-19 uh, epidemic, you actually had a very different role than a lot of teachers that I was immediately talking to. And that's probably at fault to me because a lot of the teachers that I was in connection with um, were, you know, Midwest, West Coast. And, and I didn't really realize that your state, your, your district in New Jersey actually took a different approach for a lot of different reasons, but um, it caused you right off the bat to have different stresses than I was experiencing um, and a different atmosphere. So can you kind of give us a lens? um, What was the last two weeks like for you? And do you feel like now you have your feet on the ground during all of it? So yes, I do feel like I have my feet on the ground because I think that that should be encouraging for a lot of people who are just starting this part of it. Uh, but similar to um, what a lot of teachers experienced, you, there was little time. We'd, we'd heard that there was possible closures coming. Uh, but next thing we knew on Friday the 13th, it was announced. You know, it, it was the Friday the 13th to remember. It was. <laughs> and uh, they announced that afternoon. And we had, it, we had an inkling that we might not even be coming back that Monday, the 16th. Yeah. So we sent our students home with what we thought they would needed. We're very fortunate in my district that, uh, well, really in my, in my school building, I'm in a five, six school building. So it's an upper elementary and our students are all one-to-one Chromebooks. So that was huge. Uh, they were, you know, used to a lot of ed tech tools and things. Uh, but it was almost like that Friday, which they gave us a half day. They gave the students a half day, I should say. And we had the second half of the day to plan. But that, you know, that went by very, very quickly. So it, you know, that Friday was honestly a blur because it was almost a crash course for the kids. It's like, okay, you know, again, let's show you where you get your email, access your email from, and let's make sure you can get onto this website and that website. So, um, you know, and then when Monday came, initially we were not able to connect with the students through Google Chat and Google Meet. And that I think was my initial panic was, how am I going to teach these kids? 
And they, and I know that there's a lot of, you know, legal issues surrounding that, which, you know, everything's a learning curve. So I hadn't, that was an angle that I hadn't really even thought about. And, yeah. our, and our district uh, was, had concerns about, and then within two days, I think home, they had said, no, we've, we've lifted those restrictions and you're able to connect. And that for me was almost like, like an early Christmas. <laughs> I was so excited. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I think that that as you were talking about this learning curve, you were the one that was experiencing it like in the moment. And that was the, the actually very interesting to me, kind of like living vicariously through you, because we had a lot of teachers asking a lot of questions. But the reality was that things were changing every hour because nobody knew how to handle it. So for a teacher that was coming to me and trying to have me predict kind of where they were going to be in two weeks, I'm like, we might have a tool that's going to solve this, but in the immediate world right now, we don't. And so you were kind of living that live because you were like, okay, I want to be able to video call, but there's all these restrictions. And then look, two days later, those restrictions are, you know, something that we're not concerned about or that we found a solution to. And so now you don't have that hurdle anymore. And I think that your insight in what hurdles you were, you were bumping into is very similar to what other districts are going to be experiencing this week and next week as they start getting into remote learning because they either have learned from your district and are able to to come up stronger or they haven't. So we're going to kind of repeat history for a few areas in our country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, and and then, and then it was a matter of actually connecting with some of the students and you, you know, you find a lot of different types of students and some of them were so excited to instantly connect. You know, as soon as like I made a post out to the, to the families really. And I said, have your students check their email because I'm going to send them a link and, and we'll be able to connect. And, uh, and some kids like just love that they pop in and and say hello to me every day just to say hello. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I was so excited. I have a few things that I actually am starting today because today is my first day of remote learning with my 156 graders. And I spent all day yesterday on different phone calls and you know Google Hangouts to try and collaborate with my team and my school on how we're implementing these pieces because they sent out information Sunday night and here we are Tuesday morning implementing. Uh, but to be fair, I've had two weeks to like live vicariously through all of you and all these amazing people that are commenting to kind of see what things I need to consider. So I did feel like I was at least, you know, one step closer to finding a solution. But um, this morning specifically, one of the first things I have to do is I never had a Google Classroom, or at least I haven't for this class this year. And so they need to log into that. So I had a few different things. It was very easy to get a hold of them. They kind of know where we start uh, is on my website. And so I just posted it big and bold on my website. And uh, it was funny because the first thing they had to do was comment and say hello. And it was like, oh, so nice. Like for the past few hours and actually even last night, students coming in and being like, we're here. We're finally connected. (laughs) I love it. A lot of them, they love that. They love that connection. And, um, you know, what we fortunately like use a lot of Google Classroom. So my students were we're used to it. Uh, you know, the other aspects of, of it for me was that my own, my own children, I have three children and my own children uh, were, were working uh, on their schoolwork at the same time that I was yeah. trying to teach my students. And that's still the case. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, that's a, that's, that presents all a whole other challenge. 
Well, and I think that that lens and not to like harp on the hard weeks that you've been having, but that lens was really helpful for me as well, because again, a lot of the teachers were either looking so far in the future that I wasn't necessarily able to help, or they were educators that didn't have distractions at home. Yeah. And so when you're talking to parents who are educators, the the challenges that they're going through is so different. And to be able to support not only your students virtually, but your students in your household who may not have the same district requirements, uh, their teachers are figuring it out. So you have hurdles of teachers making decisions that maybe aren't as beneficial for the student, but they're learning as well. And so you're kind of juggling like 15 different hats and probably more so than that. I, I put together a very, you know, kind of down and dirty video for really my friends because they had no experience with Google Classroom. And quite frankly, if you didn't work in education, how would you have experience with Google Classroom? So they asked me, well, how, you know, I'd get text messages. How do I know if they turn this in? Where is the turn in button? <laughs> And so, you know, I just, I kind of put that together, which, which was just helpful. It was easy for me to do, um, but it was, it was helpful to a lot of people just to say, oh, and, you know, kind of when you get into it, it's like anything else when it's, when it's brand new, it's intimidating. And then when you see it, there's actually not that many components to Google Classroom. Right. Oh, okay. And then they feel better. You know, it's funny, Alex brought up yesterday in our daily drop-in. Um, I know he's very active in the comments the support that we need to provide for families. And to be honest, I think a lot of that are some of those tools we can provide at teachbetter.com. If you have an idea for a download that you're looking for families to have, we can absolutely throw something together. We have a, a large network that continues to send us resources that we continue to post at teachbetter.com under the free downloads or under our blogs or in our courses because we wanna give you exposure. But a lot of what our families need to be honest, I don't know if I should say this on camera, like we can't provide. A lot of it is seeing you, your face in a video, explaining what we might be able to brainstorm here on a daily drop-in, but they really do wanna hear it from you and they really do wanna have that opportunity to connect with you as the educator. So, you know, while a free download is awesome and if you have ideas, we'll continue to make them. But really for my families, a lot of them is like, I recorded a bunch of videos yesterday for my families just saying, hey, it's going to be okay. Here's a few quick things you want to pay attention to specifically in my classroom for literally this week. And then it might change, but for this week, you know, and, you know, the ability to kind of humanize this experience and give them a little grace. You know, we continue to say on our daily drop-ins, teachers, give yourself a little grace. You're working really hard. We believe in you. And our parents need to hear that, but it needs to come from you, you know? Yeah. I actually just finished a blog. I just finished a blog post and it was inspired by um, the whole feeling, the added pressure of being an educator and being a parent and yeah. why my initial thoughts were that my children's work should be perfect <laughs> because I'm here, but I'm here, but I'm not really here during the day. I, you know, yeah. they're doing, we're all doing our own thing. My husband is now working from home. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're all under one roof and we're in kind of our different corners of the house working, but I'm not on top of them because yeah. I just, I can't be, I'm, I'm following up with my own students. Yeah. And that is not only a tough decision to make, but a lot of good, you know, acknowledgement of just because you are home doesn't mean you're able to support your kids like you'd like to. 
you know, something's got to give. And so you're kind of support, you're hoping that the teachers are doing what they can to support your own children. So you can do what you can to support other people's children. Yeah, and I, I'm, my kids are very fortunate. Their teachers are their teachers are great, and they know they know me. So you know we work well together. I, the irony is next week is my children's spring break, and the following week is my spring break. So at least we get a little reprieve there. That, you, you know, I can just concentrate on me next week, and you know, on them the following week. So that'll that'll be helpful. <laughs> You know, Becky, we're getting some good questions. I'm seeing that Mark is posting right now a question for me about my classroom. I think it would be helpful for the two of us to kind of go through what our standing is right now in our classroom, what we're offering, what we're using, and acknowledging the fact that this may change in a week. Yes. We might adapt what we're doing differently two hours from now. Uh, but I did a live video with Caitlin on Sunday kind of talking through what I think I'm going to do. And then now two days later, I'm actually making that decision. I'm implementing it. Whereas you have had a few weeks of doing this and you probably have even a different system for your own kid. So do you want to start us off with kind of a general, you know, thousand point view? What does Becky's classroom look like? What tools are you using? What's the expectation? Sure. Uh, I've been trying a couple of different things. And this week, actually, I'm trying something new again. I was posting daily in Google Classroom the date, here's your assignments for, for today. And, and what I found through my own children's experience and my experience is to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. And so I have everything on the stream in Google Classroom. And then there might be one or two documents that I have them jump over to Classwork for. Different mm -hmm. teachers I've seen have done this differently. Some people put it all in Classwork. I just kind of like to have it on that front page on the stream. And I, I really, I teach math and science and health actually too. So we, you know, what I've been trying to do is really, the math obviously is where I'm really concentrating, but, you know, I'll add an activity, one activity in science each day. And then I might throw in a health in place of a science. So I'm really trying not to overload the students with, here's five things under science that you have to do today. And here's five things under, under math um, and just trying to keep it simple. I've been using Google Meets and Google Zoom. So I set up a, a set times. I do it on Eastern Standard. So I do it, you know, 9.30 and then 11.30 and kids can pop in. I've tried doing, I, originally I tried scheduling individual sessions or, or in groups of two or three. For some kids that works, for some kids it, it wasn't working. So that's what I mean. It, it really, you have to, I was literally changing it sometimes twice a week or, you know, weekly because you have to just play around. And we have to, honestly, you have to play around with what works for you because I started yeah. driving myself crazy <laughs> trying to yeah. schedule everything and it just wasn't, it wasn't working. No, I totally understand that. And so I had all that information from you and these other amazing educators participating. And after brainstorming with Caitlin, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take things by week. So I'm taking a little bit different of approach, but I think that that's because we both have different students, different expectations, and we have different styles of teaching. And so that's why I think it's kind of cool to hear yours. And then mine's going to be very different, but that's a good thing, right? So, And then I, um, what I ended up doing now this week is I'm posting, um, yesterday was a little bit of a, of a break for us, but, but I'm posting for the week. Here's what you have for the week. Yep. And then it's due by Friday because, you know, what, one of the biggest things that I've realized, one of the biggest lessons learned for me is mm -hmm. what, what you're lacking from the home environment, which we have in school, is you have 
little to no control over what gets done when. So you might have students, I might have students that are rolling out of bed at 11.30 and then just mm-hmm. starting work. And then I have some whippersnappers who are up at 7 a.m. like before I am, <laughs> before I poured my coffee and they're sending messages like, okay, what can I do today? Okay, what, you know, so it's really, you don't have that where, you, you know, where when the kids are sitting with you, even when they're, you know, working on their grid or they're working at a personalized pace and they're, they're at different spots, it's much easier to just pop over to their desk or to have right. them come over to you and have a quick discussion with them. And you don't have that luxury. I can send a message to them through Google chat. They do like Google chat, um, but I'm always waiting back for a response or there's this lag time that you don't have in the classroom. And that takes getting yeah. used to. Oh, you're totally right. Yeah, so I'm doing very something very similar to now that change that you've made. I'm releasing content by week. So I talked about this in our daily drop-in yesterday um, more in depth, but essentially I need to find uh, an activity to engage my students somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes a day. So I'm creating a week-long kind of like set of assignments and learning opportunities for students. I am giving them like some sort of suggestion of how, you know, kind of what my thinking was and what order they would do them in and how I recommended that. But actually, our first few days are going to be teaching the students how to set up their calendar for how they want to work throughout the week. Setting up their workspace is actually the first thing that students are doing in my classroom. And so what I'm giving them um, actually at a team level is really consistent with all the teachers that they see throughout their day. So we have an assignment notebook that we post and it's just a it's an embedded Google Doc um, that color codes the teachers names and kind of gives them a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So that's a great first spot to go for a student to be able to see kind of what they have for the week. And we all universally decided we'll be posting by week. So on Monday, or this week, Tuesday, because we're starting today, but on Monday, every single week, they can kind of see their entire week. And then the first task that they have from one teacher in our team is to kind of make an ideal plan for how they want to execute that work. So really providing a lot of those essential skill scaffolding before we get into any content. Um, The other thing is that we've all universally agreed that we are kicking off information in Google Classroom. So when you see on that assignment page, the hub of where that's all located will be in Google Classroom, which is different for me because I don't use that. So that's that's a new tool that I'm using. I've used it in the past, but obviously there's been a lot of updates. And then within my Google Classroom, I'll not only include the assignments for the week, but uh, thanks to Caitlin Giordano's idea, I'm going to do a daily challenge every morning. So every morning there'll be something for students to do or comment on. And that's just for fun, just because, you know, keep them kind of engaged. But with all that information, uh, that's how we're kind of utilizing our set. So for me personally, a lot of the content this week is not math focused. Uh, It's kind of like getting spaces ready, sharing where you've been, what you've been experiencing the past few weeks. And then I'm going to decide following all the weeks following, we're doing themed uh, grids that will change every week. So I'm just releasing, you know, one specific area of information. Uh, I think next week is going to be fractions or decimals, like some big picture idea. And there'll be a few different optional tasks that they can explore. A lot of them will be exploration based which I'm excited to execute. And then the last piece of this is that they can not only email us, obviously, we're in contact with them from nine to two central time. 
which is required for my district. But we're also doing team office hours. So all the teachers on the team that the student works with actually has the ability to meet with us in like a Google Meet atmosphere around 1.15 every day. So they do have the opportunity to pop in and see teachers and, you know, ask questions, but uh, it's with the whole team, which will be fun. Yeah, I do. And I do like that option. Like I said, you have kids that take advantage of it every day just to say hello. And then there's other kids, I think, who, you know, are a little shyer and, and don't really you know necessarily want or feel that they need that. Um, but it's definitely a work in progress. Now, now, let me ask you a question. Are you teaching any new content? I know you're not this week, but is, are, is the plan to eventually get to some new content? Great question. So uh, ISB came out with information that they're, first of all, we're not able to grade anything at this time uh, and that no new content will be introduced. So the difference with my class, though, and the lens that I'm taking is that I am going to take the next few weeks and provide review information from units that we've already been exposed to. I have tons of things that we can circle back and re-explore and new activities that I didn't offer to them the first time that I can offer now around the same uh, information. But my students always have exposure to enrichment. You know, I use the grid method, so they always have learning opportunities that scaffold towards mastery, and then they always have exposure to enrichment. So the, the new content that my students could explore will be just deeper dives into similar content that we've had exposure to. So I think that's where I'm gonna start until the state gives us more direction. I do see that um, Mark Heller is commenting that students do really like to see that weekly view versus the daily. And I think that that kind of lends itself well to that self-paced model. You know, teachers introduce things day by day for a lot of reasons because they like the control of that. The reality is, is that we've lost all control. I was just talking to one of my tech leaders yesterday about this. So the the strain that teachers have in wanting to keep control, which is why a lot of teachers don't go to a mastery classroom, it, you've eliminated it anyway. You're not going to have control. You don't have control over what your students do. So operate with no fear and give them a week's view. Give them a unit's view and help them with the management of it more so than anything else. You know, I think that that's, it's a good opportunity to dabble with something that could be scary. Well, I, I did tell them that we're going to try it this way this week, and mm -hmm. I'm going to put up a poll. You know, I love polls. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I love it. And uh, and see, you know, what they prefer. I said I'm still going to post, you know, daily to make sure that you're mm -hmm. checking in and things like that. It's very interesting what you were saying because I've heard that from a lot of educators too. Is that you're you're not allowed to collect grades, whereas we're being told we are supposed to still be collecting grades. So that adds a whole different yeah. dynamic to it. it. And at least it's, it, it's, for, it's for now. So part of me wishes that I was in a place where, where you were, which was you had more time to really think about this a little bit more and prepare for where, what direction you wanted to go in. But then part of me is like, I was probably just better off. I'm an overthinker. So I was probably just better off jumping in and seeing, seeing what sticks to the wall as I go. Um, but it's yeah, it's definitely you know both both ways have their have their challenges for sure. But I think that you know I think if if this is you know originally this was a was a two week plan and we are now in week three, so it was you know kind of proceed business as usual, keep doing new content and and keep collecting grades. And we've been told you know we're going to be doing that at least through our spring break, which is another not this week, but we have next week too. And then I think they'll be revisiting. Yeah, how I know. Going forward. 
Yeah, and every state, every district, every part of the country is handling this differently. And so as teachers, we can dwell on that and we can wish that we were in a different spot. I'm seeing a lot of comments right now being like, oh, my district's doing this, my district's doing this. And the reality is we're allowed to have opinions on that, right? We're, we're educators, we are very opinionated and we feel like we know what's best for students. But the truth is, is that we can only kind of offer what we can offer. And so with my district saying no new content, we did spend with the you know we had a team of teacher meeting yesterday. There was some conversation, 10, 20 minutes of teachers complaining that they couldn't introduce new content. And I'm not saying that you can't gripe. I mean, I we have an entire uh, chapter in the Teach Better book of you know complain better. And but the reality is, is that we can only do we can't do anything about it. So we can spend 20 minutes of our time griping about how unfair and how personally I don't agree with your district taking grades. I'm sure there's elements that you don't agree with, with me not being able to introduce new content because we want our students to grow. We all have our opinions, yeah. but the reality is like, so what are you going to do about it? Like, you know, right. and the reality is it, this is unprecedented for anyone. So it's not like someone's done this before and knows this has definitely worked or this definitely hasn't worked. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's like anything else. People are more concerned the ripple effect for the future. You know, Which we're all going to have to accommodate for. Yeah. We're all going to have to accommodate that our world will look different in August. We've said that numerous times in our daily drop-ins. The, the truth is, is that while it will look different, will you be ready as an educator? Will you be ready to differentiate and modify and fill in the gaps you know, better than you were a few months ago at, at maybe that skill. Yeah. You know, somebody asked, uh, Alex, it looks like, asked just about the devices that our students have and the internet access they have. I think it's probably important to preface because we went through what our weeks kind of look like, what our planning looks like right now. Uh, would you mind, Becky, giving us some insight on what your students have access to? You said that they're one-to-one -one in devices. Yeah. How about internet access? I'm lucky that everyone in my in my classes, I have I basically have a group of students in the morning and then a group of, of different fifth graders in the afternoon, and they all have internet access. So, you know, I'm fortunate just kind of the area. I, you know, I think there was one or two kids in our school that maybe did not have it, and they were, you know, I know that our administration was kind of working to accommodate them. Um, right. I'm, I'm in a different spot, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm lucky. I'm very fortunate in that in that regard, and I recognize that too. I mean, that's a whole other set of challenges. Well, and that's the struggle. Is I've had a lot of teachers, actually, the majority of teachers that I feel like I've been coaching the past few weeks um, have had struggles with not having internet, and we've done a lot uh, in our discussions with them to try and support them as much as possible. Not having access to technology and not having access to internet does change the game. Yes. But on the flip side, especially like in these live videos, I'm not going to lie. Like I have access to one-to-one -one technology. My students have been one-to-one -one for over seven years. And the majority of my students had internet access, but actually I can applaud my district. The first thing that they started working on when we kind of paused our school year was getting internet access, partnering with Comcast, partnering with other providers of, of hotspots to give that to families. And while I know that's not perfect right now, they have done so much work where for me personally, devices and internet access isn't a hurdle that I'm currently dabbling with. I am dabbling with families who have 12 people living in their house and they don't have structure and time and all these other, you know, most of my students 
parents are working because we have a, you know, a lot of family members that work in grocery stores and gas stations. And, you know, I have areas that I'm supporting students. That's just not one area that I'm concerned about right now for them. No, it's not. I mean, I just get a glimpse of it, though, in my own household. So I have my own Chromebook device that was issued from my school. My oldest son, who's in middle school, has his own. But my fourth grader and second grader didn't. So one of the initial things from the district I live in was sending out an access survey to all the families regarding devices and Internet. And we have enough. But the, you know, kind of the funny little thing that, that I've realized here is that, you know, our computer, the one computer we have doesn't have a camera. The other computer does. So I have my two younger students who, you know, have to kind of fight for, I need to record a video. I need to hop on Google Meet with my teacher. And so the the one computer, they're kind of like, you know, swapping back and forth just so that they can get that done. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of considerations for this. And, and, you know, my, my daughter who's in second grade who hadn't really used Google Classroom much at all everything suddenly was on Google Classroom. And so I remember the first couple of days she was in tears because she was trying to, you know, I'm, I'm in between calls myself, trying to hop on and say, okay, you know, here's where you go to find this. Here's where you go to find that. So even having the technology for the younger kids is, is even harder sometimes because they're just, they're just not used to using it in that volume. They're still very much using manipulatives in class. Yeah, it's a learning curve for sure. And we as educators really need to be cognizant not only of this learning curve for them, but also that our learning opportunities cannot be all dedicated to videos and screen time. That was a major conversation that I had yesterday with a group of teachers that I know it's not what we're comfortable with necessarily, depending on the type of educator you are. But, you know, I could either offer students a requirement to go learn fractions on a tech tool or I could ask them to go into their house and find a way to model fractions with supplies at their house. And, you know, there's so many different opportunities that we have for students to go explore. I was working with a writing teacher yesterday where the writing prompt was go sit somewhere outside and write something, you know, versus, um, you know, writing on their computer. There's so many different prompts that we really need to be dynamic in our, our, our mediums in which our students are learning because you really have to be careful that they don't just sit in front of their computer for eight hours every single day. It's true. I, and I, I thank you for, and who knew it would come in such handy, but I thank you for introducing me to Seesaw because it's been so much fun. You know, one of the first things I did for science, we were talking about mixtures and solutions. I said, okay, now I need you to go around your house and find a mixture and find a solution and show it to me on camera. And they like things yeah. like that. I mean, it's it's That's fun, fun. real life, real life application. Yeah, Absolutely. But I've actually, it's funny, I've had this lens, it was super weird talking to teachers about this yesterday, because I have, I don't mean to like share my entire life with everybody on camera, but you know that I'm starting with the majority of my week, uh, I'm starting here in our daily drop-in with all of you, right? So you see me sitting here in my chair. Well, then on mastery chat nights, if I'm a part of the live recap, or last night when we did uh, three podcast recordings, I'm still here sitting in this chair. And so- (laughs) I've actually gotten, I appreciate those of you that have reached out. They're like, Ray, you sit in, in your office for 12 hours a day on camera. And I'm like, sometimes it does feel that way. So can you imagine how that feels for a child? I mean, I'm, you know, a grown adult and at least I'm having interactions, you know, on phone calls and live videos. If our students are sitting in front of a camera all day, we are torturing them. Yeah, that's why it's, you know, I know a lot of of districts and I think this is 
not been been followed because they realized it was unrealistic. Some mm -hmm. districts said, you know, okay, you have to, you know, be logged on for this class at this time. That's just, it's just an unrealistic scenario. Honestly, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, for a lot of these kids, some of them are not with their parents, you know, they're mm -hmm. with grandparents or they're with a sitter who's watching them. And so it's just, it's, you know, they get, they get the work done. And, and all I've said is that I, I just care to see that they're trying, even yes. if they're not keeping up with, you know, with it, with the pace per se, um, mm -hmm. that they're trying to submit things and that they're, they're putting effort in it. And they really, the, the vast majority of them are, I've been super impressed with how they've handled this, but I told them going in when, when we knew, like I said, when I had a feeling, I said, I really don't think we're going to be here next week. I said, but we've got this because you've been almost preparing this without even knowing you've been, we've been preparing for this all year. Mm -hmm. So if there ever had to be a time of the year, a good time of the year to be remote learning, I would have preferred it now versus, you know, October when you know, they walk in and they're brand new. Right. And you're trying to put in the procedures and management elements in place that we're not using virtually. You know, my students kind of echoed the same thing before uh, our school closed is that a lot of them were like, Miss Hewart, we're not really worried about, about our class. Like there's other classes we're concerned about where there's so many questions, but for our class, like we know how to communicate with you. We know where resources are located. We've had that consistency and they know how the management of the classmate goes because I was already giving up the ownership so that they could take the ownership of their own learning. And so that's kind of the struggle that we're continuing to dabble with is depending on the type of classroom you had set up, really depends on how challenging this is now. And we just need to continue to learn and ask the right questions so we all become the best that we can be in this time, you know? I agree. And I, and I think you had alluded to, you know, you're working with your team and I have a, a partner teacher that I work very well with as well. So we're in constant communication and, yeah. you know, making sure that we stay on the same page with things because that is super important too. And not everybody has that luxury either. Mm -hmm. That was a, a funny conversation I had I was uh, doing a Google meet with our tech director and he's like, how has the feedback been from teachers you've been working with the past few weeks? And I'm like, honestly, everybody's overwhelmed. That That is universal. There's no teacher right now being like, I got this piece of cake. Right. <laughs> but, um, but the reality is, is like, depending on the management, I know somebody just, Andrea just commented grid method and self pace for the win. That is what I said. I'm like the teacher's, that we're operating in a self-paced mastery framework, whether it be the grid method or something else, um, do have the luxury right now of feeling a little bit more comfortable. He's like, why is that? Is that because the grid method is this amazing thing? And I'm like, well, no, like the grid method's a great framework and I'm, I'm totally supportive of it, but it really has more to do with the educator changing their philosophy on learning and creating a culture of learning. You know, Caitlin and I, we're live together on Sunday talking about, I'm not worried about my students being willing to learn because the culture in our classroom is that they have ownership and learning is, is fun and learning grows them as people to be better versus the educators that take the approach of, well, I'm standing in front of the room, they should be listening. And so as your philosophy shifted or depending on what your philosophy was in the classroom, it really does impact you in remote learning and I'm hoping that teachers take that lens and come back stronger in setting up the culture of their classroom whenever that may be because that culture is making remote learning easier or drastically more challenging. 
hundred percent. Yes, it does have a lot to do with with control and and, and like mm-hmm. I said, being flexible. You know, being mm-hmm. being understanding. I mean, you know, I think what what I've told people too is what everybody seems to forget in this whole scenario because you know, especially for for me, like we hit the ground running, is there is a whole emotional. Uh, and mental toll that this entire experience has taken on everyone. And, you know, a lot of students are, are missing their friends. They're concerned about family members getting sick. Like there's, there's that whole component, not just for the kids, but for the teachers, for their families. And you can't discount that. It's not like we're sitting home, you know, twiddling our thumbs and doing remote learning. I mean, you know, you're, you're surrounded by the news and so that's, you know, like I said, that that mentally, whether you realize it or not, that subconsciously plays a, a big part in everybody's, you know, mood. And, and some days are better than others for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have another great comment here. And remember that if you're listening to this after our recording on Teach Better Talk podcast or on YouTube, you can participate live in the comments with us over in our private group at teachbettergroup.com. It's the Teach Better Team private Facebook group where all these comments are coming in and kind of sparking this discussion. It says, I'm starting today with all new kids. She's in a STEM or design teacher. So worried about setting up everything for kids I've never met. And I think the reality of that, that is so tricky. Do not start with content. Do not start with anything but procedures and building relationships. That's where we start every single class at the beginning of the year or when our students change. And that's where we have to start now with remote learning. Uh, It's so important to get to know your students, have them do goofy challenges, have them share their personalities, share their loves and their dislikes and, you know, continue to explore uh, so that they really feel like a connection to you, even though that's so challenging virtual. Yeah, making making it fun and meaningful. You know, I've read a lot of things about that too. Don't just give them work for the sake of giving them work. You know, make, make it make it meaningful. And that should yeah. be, like you said, that should be your mantra all the time. So, uh, and Andrea says that she's worried about conferencing at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, because that will, it, it will look different, but it is fun. You know, if you have the ability to connect with them on Zoom or on Google Meet, uh, I, I send them a message through chat, through Google chat, and you can actually pop a video in right there. And uh, so I'll say, hey, click the link and we'll, we'll talk. And, you know, they like that feature. I'm older, so I remember the days of AOL chat rooms. I was telling somebody, I'm like, so for me, I'm like, oh, this is, you know, the kids, the, the students themselves are like, what is this? I'm like, oh, this is, this is old school. <laughs> Old school. I love that. Yeah, Andrea, I have the same thought process because as I start releasing grids to students to review content, she's referencing at the end of the level in the grid. Um, I usually do some sort of large formative assessment in a major conference with a student, which can either be in small groups or individually. Andrea, I'm just going to utilize video as much as possible. We're going to pop back messages back and forth in Seesaw. We're going to pop back messages in Google Meet. We're going to do a lot of different things, but I am going to do conferences. It may not be a live conference. We might be conferencing over the series of like an hour of sending messages back and forth. Um, But I'm saying that knowing, Andrea, you know me, I am totally a, I I don't really like writing or reading. Um, It's a skill that I struggle with. I I audio listen to all my stuff. So a lot of the work I'm going to do is to make my life easier. I know that I'm better speaking out loud in an audio form or recording a video so that's how I'm going to give feedback. And I think my students will appreciate that medium. Uh, but that also, like, to be completely honest, is because it's easier for me it to do easier. that. 
It's easy. I've, I've found that myself. And I think of you, Ray, every time I record myself, even if it's like a short little math lesson, I record myself and, you know, I think, what would Ray do? WWRD. What would Ray do? It's so funny. Like I totally do it as a crutch. It's easier for me, but I'm glad that people use it. But even in, um, you know, Voxer, the, oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like, I use Voxer all the time and we have a Voxer of, um, I'm joking about this with Chad. I'm going to pick on Chad for a second. I think he's in here. So Chad very clearly likes to write things out because Chad and I, when we box back and forth, I'm doing it in like an audio form where I'm holding down the walkie talkie and talking and then he responds via text. <laughs> and so it's like, it's funny. Everybody has their mediums that they prefer, but me typing it out takes so much longer. The video is so much easier. The audio is so much easier. So whatever. Choose your, choose your voice. I think you guys introduced me to Voxer. I was like, wow, where has this been all my life? I agree with you. It's a hundred percent easier. It's so much easier. Well, um, Becky, I know we've been live for about 45 minutes. We both have classrooms and students that we're going to be supporting all day long today. Uh, for uh, I appreciate you sharing kind of all the small pieces and large pieces that you've kind of overcome and structured as an educator. If there was one big takeaway or one suggestion that you wanted all educators to hear, whether they be teachers or administration, whether they're just getting into remote learning, or maybe they're a veteran like you, they've been in it for two whole weeks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a veteran. <laughs> yes. um, what, what would you really hope they take away? What would be your key piece of insight? Well, it's, it's, I think it's what we tell teachers all the time, but it's, it's mm -hmm. especially true now. You, you have to be flexible and you have to be empathetic and don't think don't take things personally if if students are not connecting right away or if you have to find a couple of different methods to kind of track them down and see how they are uh, but just you know be as patient as you can given these given these circumstances and be flexible and be willing to change your plan so you might go in with one plan and, and like i said you kind of have to alter it as, as you go and that's okay no, it's so important. And Becky, I love having you share that because I know that you're an educator that a lot of our network admires and looks up to. And I think it's important that they hear from you and everybody else that like we are all changing because we are all trying things that either don't go well or do go well. And so to kind of give, to have you give permission of like, hey, I tried something and then I changed it because it didn't work. And that doesn't mean that I'm a failure. It doesn't mean that I'm doing anything wrong. It just means I'm trying something else and we all need to be operating in that lens. So thank you. I appreciate You're you. You're welcome. And the other thing I would just say to people is, is walk away, like take breaks, walk away because the first couple of days in particular, it's very consuming and you know, it's easier to walk out of your school and be like, okay, I'll come back to it tomorrow. It's harder to do when you're at your house. Yeah. So, you know, just take, take time for yourself. Really. It's very important. Yeah, those parameters and even just like holding yourself accountable for work hours becomes more challenging because I'm working in my office. So I can leave my office, but it's still like two feet away, you know, from everything else. Right. You're doing so. Run back in and, and finish something. So, yeah, absolutely. So, setting up those boundaries, right? Knowing your boundaries is really so important. So, take the dogs so. for a walk, Ray. That's your, that's your order today. Yes, I know. I feel like we need to do a virtual walk because I haven't seen your puppy in a while and we have matching dogs kind of. And I really do, love that. Every time I see a post of Clifford, I'm like, oh, so cool. <laughs> All right. Listen, okay. good, good luck in your first day of official remote teaching. I know. Yes. Good luck to everybody. We appreciate you. Thank you Thanks for all that you do. Thank you for checking in. Good luck to everybody.
Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Eastern for our daily drop-in happening Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We'll see you there. Bye-bye.